You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome into the Sweaters Forever podcast brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resort. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort. Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment exclusively for everyone. I'm Shippy from the KNC Masterpiece here on 105.3 The Fan. My normal co-host is actually on his way to Arizona right now, Gavin Spittle, the Hockey Hawk. So joining in his place is my former podcast partner and one of my favorite human beings on this planet, Craig Ludwig at Taz3311 on Twitter. Luds, how are you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Uh, good to talk to you too, Shippy. So if Gavin's gone, I guess this is going to be a little bit more informative today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, All right. we'll, we'll make sure that this is a you know this is a real quality uh, sweaters forever podcast for everybody out there. Um, let's go ahead and just get right to it here. You know the Dallas Stars; they've now lost four straight for the third time this season. During this this slump, what have what has been the biggest issue that you've seen from the Dallas Stars, and how has it compared to those other slumps that they've gone through? Are they are the same problems plaguing them when they do play bad hockey like this? Well, I, I, to start, I mean, with the positive, um, the goaltending has has been good all year, and I, I don't think that it's hard to find any places in here this season to to be able to point the finger at whether it's it's Ben Bishop or, or Dobie because they've both been excellent. So And that's way different know, from when we recorded our podcast. You know, that was a huge issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think what the hope was in some of the off season moves was to bolster up the scoring a little bit, add a little leadership and I think they've added the leadership and um, you know, it, I, I, what I've seen and the way I feel is, is the depth has been great. I mean, I feel that the depth has been real good. I mean, you look at the lines, the third and fourth lines, they've been good. Dickinson's been good. Como's been good. Uh, and you look at the young guys and Gary Onov and, and Hintz. And I think Hintz, uh, after his injury, I think there was a little time to get back to his, his level, but they had so much speed. And, and so, unfortunately, sometimes when it's the scoring, you have to ultimately look at, at the you know the top of the lineup. And so, and, and I know that that's what they're doing is they're trying to tweak things and change things around. And you know, the one of the one of the things is, and I believe I'm not 100 percent sure, but you know, I think Dallas is if they're not the oldest team in the league, they're one of them. And and I, I think in the summer, uh, you know, some of the <laughs> some of these kids obviously bring that that age down. But you're you know you're leaning on some guys, whether it be Pavelski and Perry and Rads and uh, Jamie Ben. I mean, you don't, we don't think of Jamie as being a whole, but analytically, uh, whether you believe in analytics a lot, a lot or not, I mean, I'm not a big analytic guy, but it's, there are some things that actually ring true. And, and, you know, players start getting to around 28 years old and their numbers will start to decline, which, which is crazy because, but the league has gotten so young and fast. And, and then the other thing that you worry about is it's a long season and, you know, they, they have this nine day break that they have and it condenses the schedule. And, um, 
it's always good for the older guys, but it's about getting back, you know, back up and running at the right time. And, uh, you know, your my concern would always be, and, and we had an older team when, when we won in, in 99 and we had a veteran team, but so did some of the other clubs. I mean, it wasn't as young as it is now. And mm-hmm. What you get concerned with is, you know, you're playing every other night for the next uh, two months and, you know, do players get wore down and do they get, uh, maybe a couple bumps and bruises a little bit more because you have older guys in the lineup. But I think Bones has done a, a great job with, with running these lines. And I know they're, they're just as frustrated as anybody. And they expect to score more than what they are. So it's not the goaltending, in my opinion. It, it's, not the, it's not the depth of this team. Um, and unfortunately, that just kind of leaves the guys that need to put the puck in the net. And that's kind of where you got to point at right now. Because when you're only scoring you know, one, two, even three goals, uh, not often enough. Uh, you put a lot of pressure on defending and a lot of pressure on your goal tend to be, to be perfect almost every night. So I was reading this article on ESPN, and it was, you know, just in summary, was basically talking about Dennis Gurionov and Rope Hintz. You know, you just mentioned Hintz a second ago. And, and kind of how maybe they're not being utilized as much as they should be at five-on-five. Um, just based on their production and things like that. Is that something that you agree with? Does this team maybe lean on that veteran presence a little bit too much? Maybe they should give those younger guys like Hintz and Gurionov and even Dickinson, um, you know, more meaningful minutes throughout the game? Well, I'll tell you this. It was about two months into the season, um, and Gurionov obviously wasn't up and going like he is now. But my feeling at the time is I felt that uh, Miro Haskinen, should be leading the team in minutes played every night. And I thought that Rope Hintz should be the top forward in minutes. If not top, he'd be number two mm-hmm. to probably Tyler Sagan. And that's how much I felt that they had an impact on the game. And and you can see, I mean, it's not like they're going to score every shift, but they have the ability uh, to push people back. And with their speed, especially when they're putting them together now and you got Dickinson in the middle, um, it's a good line. It's a line that you can throw out there against anybody because, again, their speed is concern, and it's concern for other teams' top lines. They know if they want to take a chance that they get half a step on anybody from their own blue line. By the time they get through the neutral zone, they're going to be behind somebody, and so that's always something that they have to worry about. So, you know, and again, you look at it, but I, but I truly believe that the way that this team is run is they try to get make sure all these, these minutes are – are lined up and, and they're even and everybody gets the same amount which which is a way of of addressing some of the older players you know mm-hmm. at this time of the year and let's try to even the minutes out we don't want them to be wore down when we get to playoff time uh you know and you're getting to a spot now where you kind of know where you're going to be um as far as playoffs go uh i don't believe that there's anybody that's going to touch the top three teams uh in the central uh it's going to finish you know whether it finishes you know, who's ever the, between St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas, whatever positioning it is, those are the three teams that are probably going to finish in that spot. Yeah. Um, so you kind of know where you are. I mean, to, to overcome St. Louis, I think it's an eight-point differential right now with St. Louis, and I believe it's six with uh, Colorado. Colorado may have a game in hand. I'm not sure. But, but the bad news there uh, for Dallas is they don't play either one of those teams, I don't believe, now to the end of the year. So as far as making up any ground, yeah, now, they do not. Yeah, and see, it's tough picking up. It's tough picking up those points in November, overcoming an eight-point deficit or something like that. And now, when you don't play that those teams that you really want to 
you know, because again, ideally, well, heck, ideally, <laughs> ideally you want to be finishing first. I mean, you'd rather take somebody on the bottom, uh, you know, play that eighth seed and let Colorado and St. Louis duke it out in the first round. I don't know if that's going to happen. And, and I, you know, and as well as they've done against Colorado, if they should have to play Colorado in the first round, which I guess if it ended today, that's where they'd be. They've, they've done great, obviously, throughout the regular season. But to play that team and, you know, you're going to play four games in their building, three in yours, you know, it, it, there is a disadvantage. And not just because of the team and the speed and the youth that Colorado is, but the altitude. And, and it's just, it, you're not used to it. And so it's a tough one. So if anything, you'd like to see Dallas get ahead of Colorado, be able to play that series, start at home, get the home games. But again, they're, you can only do so much when you're not going to be playing those teams. You know, you're going to need some help. So at some point, you don't even worry about it. You know, we're going we're gonna to get our game in order and, and be what we got to be. But I agree with you when it comes to the, to the minutes, and, minutes and things like that. Once you see you are where you are, I think you find ways within games. And it may even be give a guy a game off. If you're going to finish in a certain spot, you take a couple of these guys, you give them a night off, and you want them to be as well-rested and heal up those bumps and bruises as much as you can. Everybody's hurt going into playoffs all around the league. It's just, you know, who can handle it the best. Now, I'm glad you brought up, you know, the altitude in Colorado. And, you know, earlier you brought about that 99 Cup winning team that you were a part of. If I'm not mistaken, you did have to go through Colorado to get to the Stanley Cup. Now, what... How much does that altitude actually play into things? Because, you know, no matter what sport it is, you always hear, well, you're going to Denver. You know, you got to take the altitude into consideration. But you've actually experienced it. You've actually done it. How much does that actually alter or affect your game? Well, it's definitely not It's not fair to compare these players today to what we were then because they are in such better shape conditioning-wise, they take care of themselves way better and they train way harder and they train differently. Um, They're probably not as much much fun to party with, though. Well, no, they don't know how to. Trust me, (laughs) I've already attempted that. So when they get off off the plane and then they get off the bus in California and they're all standing around the the concierge, I'd go up to them and I'd ask them, I'd say, you guys looking for a place to go? You know, what are you looking for, a barber? You know, what are you looking for? They were looking for the closest Whole Foods. So they could go get their shakes and their and their proper food. So that that told me enough right there. And God bless them for that. Yeah. So, but but I'll tell you, you know, everybody thinks that you know you get up there a day ahead of time and then you play and you're fine. Well, the longer you're there, the the tougher it will get. And and you would think it would be just the opposite. So, yeah. but but I, I truly don't know if that's that's a big factor today. But it, we're. Well, what it is, it's just an advantage for the home team. I mean, it's an advantage for Colorado because they do it all year long. So it's hard not to say it's a disadvantage for for them because it falls into their court and they know that. And plus, you just look at the pace of the game that they have to play at. And and Colorado was a fast team, and you know if they get healthy, um, you know it's a bonus knowing that they've they've done well with them this year. You know I believe that they beat them every time that they played them. They did. So that's the good news. That can be the good news, and sometimes it can be the bad news. You don't want to go in there overconfident because it's a complete. All your stats are gone. I mean, on the first day of playoffs. You're back to zero. It doesn't matter if you're minus 25, plus 25. You scored 33 goals. Or you scored three goals. Everybody's equal, and it's just a, it's a completely new season. 
it's a it's a grind and and they'll be prepared for it. That's the reason they bring in guys like Pavelski and Perry and they add to the depth and the the veteran leadership and things like that. So, but I, but I do believe that you know you'll you will lean on some of those younger players because they have the stamina. They can go ahead and they can roll with it a little bit better, and their speed can match up against Colorado. You know, so. You know, the the other player, there are some players that don't have the same amount of speed and they just have to play a smarter game. And that's just all it is. So it'll be interesting. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens going down the stretch. Yeah, they haven't done well in the last week to 10 days or whatever it is. And um, But, again, there's a lot of their game that you like about it. But um, they just need to find a way to put another puck or two in the net. Well, and even with this recent four-game, you know, struggle, yeah, before that they played about four months of about as good hockey as you could have possibly asked. And, you know, you brought up the goaltending earlier and how you definitely cannot blame them at any point of this season. You know, I feel like Stars fans were a little bit concerned the other day when there was the emergency recall of Jake Ettinger because Ben Bishop had a maintenance day and, you know, he was day-to-day with the uh, the classic lower body injury. Uh, but re- recently, Rick Bonus has been having to ask or answer questions about, hey, at any point do you you know, start Dobie over Ben Bishop, and he's having to come out and say, look, Ben Bishop's our guy, and and giving him that vote of confidence. Could you see in any, could you see it playing out maybe like the uh, Capitals a few, a couple years ago where, you know, they went into the playoffs and said, hey, Philip Grubauer's our starting uh, goalie. He struggled in the first couple of games, so they went back to Braden Holtby and ended up taking him on this, like, this magical run. Could you see any chance where, Doby or Ben Bishop could play where that would happen, or, or or do you think that everybody's just kind of blowing this out of proportion? Yeah, I, I don't I don't see that happening. I think if you know, and and again, when you look at Ben and, and this time of the year, if you go with Ben's track record, he seems to have an injury more often in the later parts of the season, right around more when March rolls around, he has something. I don't think this is anything serious, and I think that's a big reason why they tried to keep these guys as even split this year as they could. So they're both rested. But I don't believe that they're going to, as long as everything plays out the way they're hoping it, and and these two guys continue to do what they've done all season long, I believe it will be Ben that starts. I know that Doby's been great on the road, but, you know, there's a few teams that have talked about that scenario. Um, But the the luxury that they have is that if one or two, let's just say Ben starts, and for any reason – you know, there's a couple games that aren't up to par for them. They don't have any any problems going ahead and, and, and throwing Anton in there. Yeah. And, and that's a luxury to have. And I think there's other clubs that, I mean, you go ahead and you look at what Vegas did. And, and you look at the moves that they made. You know, they've got a, a Hall of Famer in, in, in Flurry there. And But what they do is they make sure they bring in, you know, another number one goalie. And, and in my opinion, Dallas, I mean, we always, we, we joke a lot of times, and when you got two goalies going, you go, the phrase is always 1A, 1B, basically saying they're the same. And, and this time, yeah. it is true. I mean, they can throw either one of these guys in there. And what the most important part about that is, is the 23 guys that are going to be involved in the playoffs all believe in both of these guys. It, there's, you're not going to change your game. The only thing that you know is Ben's a, is a puck mover and he's a puck handler. Dobie, you come back and, you know, you, get, you come back to get the puck. But besides that, they both can make the big saves. They both can make the acrobatic saves, and, and that's the least of their concerns. So it's nothing that's going to be in the back of their heads when it comes to goaltending. All right, now let's go ahead and transition into a few, you know, the Stars mailbag that we do here on Sweaters Forever podcast. And I want to start with this first question from Billy at BigPerp69 on Twitter. <laughs> uh, he says, what's the Stars' biggest concern heading into the playoffs? 
I should have read that one before I just went yeah. straight onto the podcast with it. But hey, it's too late now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think the, the goal scoring. I mean, I think if you yeah. look at the year again, you're you're not gonna. We number one. You, you build from your net out, right? And you build up through the middle of the ice. I mean, you look at goaltending, you look at your defenseman, you look at your sentiment. And and I think that goaltending, check. I mean, as of right now, this season, goaltending has been right where you need it to be. Uh, the only thing I can say is, is maybe special teams. Maybe that's where you've got to get better. You know, the power play has got to start cashing in a little bit. Uh, I, I feel that they've been frustrated. I don't know if it's frustrated or forcing certain plays and, but, you know, they're all talented. They're all skilled. I would love to see them, this club, get a little bit more interior, if anything. Uh, you know, I think when you have a lot of really good players on the team and you've got guys that are goal scorers, if you're not scoring, scoring goals as a goal scorer, you have to do something different. A lot of times that's getting outside your comfort zone. And that just means you've got to get to the front of the net. And I think sometimes it's a little too perimeter I think that there are players that will try to shoot the puck coming down a wall real high in the slot. It's not probably a high percentage kind of an opportunity. And if you're having any kind of issues, you've got to get dirty. And then that's what the playoffs are about. I mean, you look at Corey Perry. I know Corey Perry probably isn't putting up the offensive numbers. I don't know. I don't think I expected him put up a ton of offensive numbers. But what he does, he goes to the hard areas of the ice. I mean, he will be in front of the goaltender. And when he scores goals, you know, it may go off the skate off his leg. And I think sometimes other players have to take that that lead. Joe Pavelski, another guy that's been around for a long time. Joe has no problem getting to the front of the net. And that might be a you know a team concept from now on to the playoffs is we got to get a little more interior and we can't be on the perimeter. I mean, we're we're shooting the puck, but you know, there's not a lot of people in front of the goaltender, and so you're making life easy for some of these some of these goalies from night to night. And I think that. You've got guys that can score. I mean, you go ahead and you look at their, their career shooting percentages and they're, they're goal scorers, but they're not going in right now. So what does that mean? Is it that the goalies on the other – bottom line is goaltenders are seeing the puck. And as we say, you know, a lot of times if they can't see it, there's a better chance they're going in the net. So, you know, we used to do some drills for the forwards and, and they, they, the forwards didn't like the drills and they'd put uh, cones on each side right from the tops of the circles and they'd draw a little pyramid right straight down to the goaltender and they'd do these little three-on-twos and they can never go outside those cones. Basically, you had to go right through what we call the house to the middle of the ice, through the defenseman, and find a way to get to the front of the net. And I think once they do that, pucks will start going in for them. And, and now all of a sudden, if they can get a goal or two lead on teams, we know how good they can be defensively, and, and that's going to play right into their wheelhouse. You know, and Tyler Sagan throughout the season, I can't remember if it was this season or last season, but he's talked about, you know, the system that he's playing in and how maybe that has an effect on, you know, his his production offensively. Is that what you've seen from, you know, Ben Sagan and Radulov? Is it is it the system that they're playing in, or is it... Just like you said, just it's just they're just not going in like they have been in the past few seasons. No, I, I don't think. I think that they've bought into the system. Again, look at where they are. I mean, if if they they could have a structure, they could very easily be ahead of St. Louis right now. Yeah. And you know, St. Louis is a very good team. They they you know, but they've had an opportunity and they've had stretches. I mean, what were they one and seven to start the season or something one like seven that? and one restart? Yeah. Here. Okay. So they. Just think if they'd have won two or three of those games. You yeah. know, they didn't get off to a good start. And sometimes, I don't care how of a veteran team that you have, but you sit there over the summer and you look at the additions that you're getting to your team, and all of a sudden you think you can just go out there and play, and we're just going to win games. And I'm glad you brought that up because I actually ran into Monty 
uh, back when he was still the Stars head coach, and I asked him that, and he said that he thought that the club did that, that they walked into the season, they looked at what they did last year, how close they were to going to the Western Conference Finals, the names that they added, the veteran leadership, and he said that he thought that they kind of, you know, just assumed that it was going to be easy and assumed that things were just going to kind of be handed to them, and uh, he actually took some of the blame for that, too. Well, and, and, but Monty's done that since he's gotten here. I've even told Monty a couple times, you know, I, I understand it as you, you come in as a new coach, never coach, you coach in college, and, and he took the bullet for some players in his first year. Mm-hmm. I think that's good, and I think what that does is gets the players on, on his side, and now you work there. But I felt that he took the bullet for these players too deep into the first season. Like, there were times, and no, you know what, you did that in the beginning – you got to quit shielding these guys. They've, they've got to be able to take it themselves. Yeah. And, but, but he was a stand-up guy. And, again, I, I understand what he was doing. But it, it happens. I mean, you just come into season. I mean, you look at look what's happening to Washington right now. I mean, the Washington Capitals are one of the best teams in the NHL. And they, they're falling out of first place in, mm-hmm. in, their, in their division. And, and they're, they're a loaded team. But it's like, well, you know, we know we're a good team and we can score goals and we've got this and we've got that. Well, other teams aren't, aren't, you know, you respect them, but you don't respect them too much. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes you need your cage needs to be rattled, and you're not as good as you actually think you are. But when we all play a certain way, yeah, we're that good. And it took Dallas a little while to get out of the blocks this year. And when they did, they were really good. And, you know, you can just you can feel it. When they go in to play teams, you don't worry about the game that they're playing because they just feel they're going to find a way to win. And, and, you know, right now, they, again, it's no, this is no time for them to get frustrated. I just think that they just need to get a little bit more interior, and I think that they're going to find ways where pucks will go in off of a skate or off of a leg. And, and now all of a sudden, and once that starts to happen, the buy-in is back. You know, if that's what it takes, yeah, we're skilled players, but they're not going in that way. Maybe we all got to get our nose dirty a little bit more. And, you know, like I said, that's why I feel that the bottom six from the day one of the season – I, whatever, who's ever been in the lineup in the bottom six, the third and fourth lines, I thought they've been great all season long. I mean, Radic Fox uh, and Como's been great. It doesn't matter who they put down there. Um, they just do what they do. And, and some, a lot of times the good players are supposed to pull the, the bottom players along with them. And I felt it was like the bottom players trying to get the uh, – pulling the top players, hey, yeah. we got to play this way in order for us to win. You guys are skilled up there. We know that, but we're not scoring enough, so let's, let's try it a different way. And then all of a sudden they get a little more space, they get a little more room, and you know that when top players get around the net and they get an extra second, and whether it's Tyler or Jamie or Radulov, you know, they're going to find the opening. But they've got to find a way to get to the second shot, the, the next rebound. It could be the third one, but they've got to stay on it and they can't get pushed out of those tough areas. All right, last question here on the mailbag from Brewboy23 at Craig Borland 23 uh, you know, we just said we were talking about Monty. Well, he brings up, would you bring back bonus at this point? And what, how does a playoff run or a lack thereof play into that decision-making, do you think, from the Dallas Stars' perspective? You know, I don't know what the winning percentage of the Dallas Stars were uh, when, when the coaching change was made, but I can't see it being any different right now. I think Rick Bonus has done a great job, but there is a different mentality between a head coach and an assistant coach. An assistant coach is kind of be a, has to be a buffer between the, the players and the head guy, and I think Rick has done a really good job of, of knowing that role and now being in a, in a head position. I think he was good, good friends. He had a good relationship with the top players, which is what you always need to have. And then when you get into being a head coach, sometimes you can't be your buddy. 
and you got to be able to put your foot down. And I, I think that he has continued to do that. I think they all respect him. And, and does it have something to do with the playoffs? Yeah, probably. I mean, again, you know, that's a decision Jim Nill and ownership will make. But I think Bones has been such a bonus to this club. And he reminds me a lot of the guy that we had, Rick Wilson. And Wilson was one of the best buffers. And we had Hitchcock. And wouldn't know, everybody knows he's a tough coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were a lot of times that, you know, whether it was me in the office or Wills had to do it, there's a role that you have to do to keep players, hey, I got this. Because we know that we can handle that coach. And the head coach is supposed to do what he does. And, and so – and I think Bones has found a happy medium in there. He can still do what he's done for, man, I, how many years? 30 years, 40 years as a, as a coach in this league. And he's found a way to step into a head coaching role and remember what he did as an assistant coach, but know when he has to be a little bit more aggressive. Typically, that's with your top guys. You know, the, the bottom guys, again, they're ready to you know pull on the rope. And sometimes – it's a little bit more difficult getting to your, your top guys, and, and I think he's done a real good job. And Again, there's no reason for this team to panic just because of what's happened because they're in a good position. They're in a playoff spot. Um, now, you know, you look at their last 10 games before the playoffs start, they just want to be putting in a few more pucks in the net, keep their defensive game going the way it's supposed to keep going, and, you know, we'll see what happens in the first round. See, stars fans, there's no reason to panic. I feel way better now. Actually, no, like, in all seriousness, I was not panicking either uh, just because it's been so long since we've seen a stretch like this where they just lose game after game after game. It seems like even when they weren't playing well, they're at least getting a point out of it, you know? So uh, it certainly is weird that they're not, you know, at least getting a point out of these games even though they like to go, they like to allow the first goal, which I'd like to see them fix that in time for the playoffs. But uh, other than that, really can't complain about anything about the Dallas Stars right now. Um, certainly looking forward to seeing how these last 10 games or so unfold and, and who that first-round matchup's going to be. Hey, Shippy, I will tell you this. When I was playing, I always felt for as long as I played, maybe not my first couple of years because you're going balls to the wall every time you play as a young kid, but I always felt that games 40 through 60, 65 were the toughest games of the season. You're always, always excited for the start of the season. You want to get off to a good start, and then you get to that halfway mark, and, you know, then, then it's kind of like dog days. And you got to get past game 60, game 65, and then the playoffs are around the corner. And I think they're kind of in that spot right now. What do they got, 16, 17 games left, somewhere in that neighborhood? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and maybe they're going to that, – that's the spot that they've been in. You know, because you're close to – hey, the playoffs are right around the corner. I think they're five weeks right now from, from when the playoffs start. Yeah, they got so 15 you, games left. Yeah, and see, you start you start getting excited, and, and you know, and does that you know, you does look, their standing play into that? Because they're like, all right, look, we feel pretty good that we're already in, and so do you think that that's kind of playing into this mentality and maybe leading to some of these mental lapses well, and things you're seeing? Yeah, but it, but it really shouldn't because they at the end of the day, you have to be playing your best hockey of the season heading into Game One of the playoffs, yeah. and, and I'm sure that'll be the conversation that's going on. Where it, no matter if you're locked into number three spot, you're and see that's the thing is they shouldn't be comfortable because I know that they want to start at home. Everybody wants to start at home. You want that extra game. If you're going to play a game seven, no matter how good you think you are on the road, where would you rather play a game seven in your building or in the other team's building? So they would love to be able to overtake at least Colorado if they could flip flop. Um, and again, if they, who, if nothing says that they can't catch St. Louis, but I mean, you, if you look at it, be realistic. You know, let's. Let's try to overtake that. Let's finish number two. Let's start here in the first round against Colorado, who we know we've had success against, and that should be their focus. I mean, until that until that is extinguished and they can't 
There's nothing they can do about it if that comes up. But they still have to be playing their best hockey. And, hey, there's only 15 games to go. <laughs> you know, so compared to the for the first part of this year, that's all in the rearview mirror. And so we got playoffs that start in 15 games. We got 16, and our 16th game is going to be game one. Yeah. And so we've got 15 games to get get things together, get our special teams together, get our, get our power play working, and, and still win a few games here. All right, Ludge. Well, hey, thanks for joining us here on the Sweaters Forever podcast brought to you by Choctaw Casino and Resort. Welcome to Choctaw Casino and Resort. Durant, the ultimate destination for exciting gaming and live entertainment exclusively for everyone. Are you a gambler? Every day I wake up and leave my house on my Harley, I gamble. It's a gamble for me getting that. It's a gamble for me and it's a gamble for the people on the road. So. This is why we've gotten along so well since day one, Luds. Yeah, I, I, I learned my lesson. No, I, I, I just play blackjack when I go to the casino. I can't play any of the other ones, and I'm, I'm average at best. But again, these casinos aren't going up over the country because everybody's winning, right? I mean, we yeah. know who wins. So Their buildings only get more extravagant, uncle. too. Yeah, the buildings yeah, well, just that. get nicer and nicer. It's like, yeah, you're not doing that because we're cleaning house. You that's guys are because, cleaning house on that's us because people are losing more money. That's yeah. why. Yeah. All right. Well, you and me are going to take a, a winning trip up the Choctaw sometime <laughs> and clean them out since they like to sponsor uh, the Sweaters Forever podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, Chip. You bring, you talk to this Gavin Spittle guy, and you tell him <laughs> we're going to we're going to start having when the stars are on the road. I think and during the playoffs. Um, we're going to do a couple of our watching parties in our alumni room here. We got a beautiful locker room with a bar and everything, and we're thinking Let's about doing a couple, a couple of alumni watching parties, a little one-on-one hockey, and I think it should be presented by the fan, and we get some of your listeners in here. So we'll hey. talk to that guy when he's off of vacation. Yeah, well, he's a, he's actually there for Rangers spring training, so I'm, I'll call him right after this, and you know, I'll get it set up. I, yeah, like, you know. I, like I said, he's, he's on vacation. <laughs> All right, Ludge, All right, thanks man. so much for the time, man. Great to talk to you again. Okay, Chippy. Later. All right, see you.